thank you for each one of the boys and you're paying such good attention. And I thank you for the life changes that have already happened. I pray that you would now use your word again to motivate us as we go home to be instruments for you. I pray that we would recognize that you want to use us for your honor and glory and that you would empower us to communicate your word to our friends, to those we know who are unsaved, and even to total strangers. God, I I pray that you would even call tonight some into ministry. It is full-time, it is pastoral service. Maybe you would call some to missions. I pray that you would even work in their hearts right now. I'm guessing you're already working on them, and I just pray you'd make that call clear and that they would pursue you with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, and with all their strength. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you use rechargeable batteries for your video games? You use them, maybe it's for your Wii, maybe it's for your Xbox controller, maybe it's for your PlayStation controller, whatever it may be. Even Wii U, you have to charge those, right? Am I right? Okay, think about this. Why do you charge the batteries? So you can play, right? Whoever said that. You charge the batteries so you can play. I want you to think about this week of camp like charging your batteries, okay? Camp is awesome, right? Is camp awesome? Yeah, camp is awesome. I absolutely love camp. But camp's the time for us to come away, recharge our batteries batteries spiritually, but then we're supposed to go and do something with it. It's no good to just keep on charging your battery. And so hopefully today you will be challenged to go out and to see your your cause clearly because that's what we're talking about tonight. See your cause clearly. Turn to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Our big idea for tonight is that God has empowered me to be a part of a winning cause. When I say me, I mean you. And when you say it, I mean you. Okay, so say this with me. God has empowered me to be a part of his winning cause. And I believe God has empowered you to be a part of his winning cause. We're going to look at five realities about our cause from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Five realities about our cause. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus is now, he's died, he's been risen, he's risen again, he's been with the disciples, and now he's sending them out. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says this. Now, before we get into it, some of you still have not yet placed your faith in Christ. So realize that you still need to wrestle through and say, God, open my eyes to see that I need to be saved. But for those of you who are Christians, I, I love that some of you came up to me like, hey, I'm already saved. And woo, high five, praise God. That's awesome. But for you guys, God has called us to be a part of his winning cause. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and in the end of the earth. Reality number one is it's a cause with a great opponent. It's a cause with a great opponent. You don't really need to receive power. It says there, you will receive power. You don't really need to receive power if there's no opponent, right? If you don't have anyone fighting against you, you don't need extra power. So for instance, when you're fighting the Zelda boss, you need extra power. Right, I remember my brother, he would sit there and he would try to collect as many hearts as he could to play Zelda because when you fight the boss, the boss almost always takes some shots, right? 
And so when we go out into the world, we need to realize that there's an opponent against us. But we have power. And so realize, I think there are three tactics that Satan uses against you guys as you go out against him. Because we're trying to save people, right? Tactic number one is apathy. It's where you just, you say, I don't really care. I don't really care that much about spiritual stuff. I'm a Christian. I'm good. I don't care. And that's what I told you guys. That was one of my biggest struggles. Grew up in the pastor's home. I knew everything to say. I knew where all the Bible verses were. But there was just a level of apathy. I just didn't really care. And I remember week after week after week after week going into work at the YMCA. And I was around all these unbelievers. I knew they were going to hell. I knew I didn't want to live my life like them. But I kept my mouth shut because I wanted to be cool. And so I was apathetic about my spiritual life because I wanted to just fit in. That's one tactic. I think another, another tactic that he uses is laziness. For instance, in dodgeball, we didn't play it this year, but I love at camp when you're in dodgeball, and I, I am like a maniac in dodgeball, okay? So, you know, I'll be the one who will run up to the front there, and when they're all clumped in the back, for those of you who love throwing the ball, isn't that like the best ever? When a whole bunch of people are just clumped in the back, you're like, I guarantee I'm going to get one. You just have to throw it at them. Some of the easiest targets are the lazy ones, the ones who just stand there in dodgeball. And many times, you're going to be an easy target for Satan when you're just lazy and you don't think about caring for other people. Then a third one is doubt or fear. I think Satan tempts you to say, I, I, I can't do anything. I'm not that great of a speaker. I don't really know how to communicate. I, I can't say words really cool. I had a lady in our church. She was a sweet old lady. And she, can't, she said, Pastor, I, I want to share the gospel with other people, but I, I can't say it as well as you can. And I'm like, <laughs> I practice this. Like, I, I got to spend hours working on this, communicating it well. And she goes, wait, you struggle too? I'm like, yeah, I struggle. I struggle to communicate this. Do you know that Moses, he was afraid, and God ended up using him to lead out two million Jews from Egypt. So it's a cause with a great opponent, but secondly, it's a cause with received power. Notice it says there, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. What God calls you to, he equips you for. So if God calls you to share the gospel with your friends, if God calls you to tell others about Jesus, he's going to equip you. And that's with the Holy Spirit, who is God. And he helps you to honor him. And God is what? Huge! God is huge, and so he helps us even when we are afraid. Now, does anybody know who this is? Okay, this is the Incredible Hulk. Do you know who came up with the comic strip? Okay, actually, actually, Jack Kirby came up with the original Hulk. And do you know how he got the idea? He was sitting there, just minding his own business, living life, and he saw a woman whose kid had gotten trapped underneath the car. And the woman came over, bent down, lifted up the car, and the kid got out. And he's like... And he, and he, and he thought something. He's like, wait a minute. People have insane amounts of power that just come upon them and they can do incredible things. And that's how he got the idea for the Hulk. And God actually says that when he calls you to do something, he equips you, he gives you the power for it. So listen, there's absolutely no telling what you can do for God if you give your life to him and trust him to fill you with power. There's no telling. 
So it's a cause with their seed power. Thirdly, it's a personal cause. It's a personal cause. This has one, been one of the biggest blessings for me recently. Notice it says here, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon, what's the next word? You. And what's the next word? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. Is anyone here from the south that says y'all at all? No, we got one kid. Oh, two kids. All right. You know, basically what Jesus is saying is, you all will receive power, but not all of them were exactly the same type of person. Every single one of them were different. For instance, John was kind of sentimental. Peter was a go-getter. Andrew was really quiet. Paul was a bookworm, and he was kind of ugly. You have to ask your your pastor to explain that one, because I'm not going to say the bald is ugly in this crowd. I just did, but uh, Simon, <laughs> Simon was a political activist. Simon the Zealot, yeah. And then you had James, who was an uneducated fisherman, and Matthew, who was the opposite. And listen, do you guys realize that all of you are different from each other? Anyone else pick that up this week? Some of you guys, you go to play a sport, and you're like, you know, you, know, you can't do anything. Then others, if you go to try to play carpet ball, and you get killed by the guy who can't play sports. That's why I was so good at carpet ball and junior boys. I couldn't play any sports, but I could whoop your butt in carpet ball. But what, is, what is, oh, sure, I can't, I'm not that good anymore. But every single one of you are different, and God has called you to be who you are called to be, filled with his spirit. Don't try to live your life trying to be someone else. Don't try to fit into someone else's mold. For instance, even as I was preparing this, I've gone through several different phases as a pastor of trying to be like someone else. Does anyone remember your speaker, Nick Harsh, last year? Okay, Nick Harsh is my best friend. I don't know how, but the dude fits in skinny jeans that I can't even imagine, okay? And you do not want me getting up here in skinny jeans talking like Nick Harsh as he talks. And if you know him, you know what I... That's how he talks, all right? I love Nick Harsh, but God's not called me to be Nick Harsh. Now, there are some people who could get up here, and if you don't believe in God, they're called apologists, and they can just bash, and they can destroy every single argument against the Bible, and they can preach a whole series on creationism versus evolutionism. Guess what? That's not me either. And, And some people get up here, and they're really, really quiet, and yet they keep your attention, and they're so calm, cool, and collected. Did you realize that's not me either? (laughs) And if I try to fit any of those molds, it just, it doesn't work. God has called you to be you filled with the Spirit. He didn't make a mistake when when he created you. And so realize that God called you to be filled with him as you communicate the gospel. The other is it's the cause of Christ. It's the cause of Christ. You notice he says there, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. What Jesus is saying is you're not communicating just whatever you want. You're communicating the good news that Jesus Christ died to save sinners from their sins and to reconcile us to God. And so in a war, you fight for your country. In a game, you fight for your team. Right, blue team? Right, you fight for your team, you quote verses for your team. You know whose team we're on? Christ's team. That's who we are called to be fighting for. And so in Christianity, we fight for Christ. Your cause is to look like Christ and tell others about Christ. And you may say, how do I look like Christ? Well, maybe this video will help you.
<laughs> We're just going to watch 10 minutes of this. Just get ready. It's going to go through all the characters. It's not actually that long. Bloop. <laughs> All right, so who's, who's the little pink, pink person? Kirby. Kirby, right? And you notice what happened was Kirby would swallow them and become like them, right? And what we're told to do is we're supposed to become like Christ. And so we look at what Christ did. We look at how Christ lived. Jesus studied the word. He depended on the Holy Spirit. He prayed. So guess what we're called to do? We're supposed to study the word. We're supposed to depend on the Spirit, and we're supposed to pray. Jesus also told others about eternal life. And this is one of the coolest things is uh, I, I've got a lady in our church, and she's just a baby believer. And she is telling other people about Christ all the time. She's just sharing whatever God has been teaching her from her Bible. And she's got a sister-in-law who they have really not liked each other. They've been fighting all the time. And her sister-in-law messaged her and said, I don't know what you have, but I want it. And you see, all that was happening with her was she was saying, I want to be like Christ. And as I'm becoming like Christ, I want to tell others about Christ. And then lastly, it's a global cause. It's a global cause. It says in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I pray that God would call some of you guys to new people who have never, ever heard the gospel. And you guys saw this skit up here about how he, he was here and he, he's saying, you know, I really, really wish that I would have told you sooner about Christ. But let me tell you about someone who realized that it was a global cause and took heart. It was someone who was just 45 minutes away from us. It was someone in a youth group. And they decided to tell their friend about Christ. And the friend received Christ as their savior and two months later got T-boned and died. At 18 years old, right before he graduated, he died. And there, when the friend was standing at the casket, he didn't say, I wish I would have told you. He said, how glad am I that I told you. You see, God has given each one of you friends that I will never, ever talk to. Right? I'll never get to talk to them. And so the cause to go global requires each person to take their part. Do your part. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 talks about, After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one can number from every nation and from, what's the next word? All tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Now, have you guys ever tried to eat an elephant? Junior boys are like, bring it. I had 25 sausages this morning. I can do better. How many? Oh, I shouldn't ask that, should I? Okay, I'm just curious. How many of you had 10 sausages this morning? How many of you had 12? 15? 17? Oh my goodness, 20? Okay, all right, I am so glad I'm not your counselor. That was, 
Do you know how you eat an elephant? Tom Rainer came up with this. I love it. You eat it one bite at a time. Right? You eat an elephant one bite at a time. And the way that we reach the ends of the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ is one conversation at a time. You talking with your friend, and your friend talks to their friend, and their friend talks to their friend, and they end up going global with the cause of Christ. Wouldn't it be awesome if every junior boy in the world heard the gospel from a friend? Wouldn't that be awesome? You're part of that cause. And I I love this verse. I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And what's, what's this word? Gates. Gates of what? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Are gates something that are offensive or defensive? Defensive. Do you know what scripture teaches? Is that when we are filled with the spirit and we go out for the cause of Christ, we get to beat the snot out of the gates of hell. Because every single sinner that is rescued from their sin is captured, he's taken away from hell. And so every single one of us are part of that cause. And I pray that God continues to take it to the ends of the earth. And maybe he'll do it through you. Maybe God's calling you into missions work. Maybe he's calling you into the pastorate. Maybe he's calling you into serious business work and sharing the gospel. Allow him to use you. Father God, I thank you so much for this cause that you've called us to. And I pray that as the boys go out this week, as the counselors go out this week, that it will have been a time of recharging their batteries and that they would go out to serve that they would go out and take the gospel with them. I pray for those who still aren't saved, that they would say, God, would you open my eyes? Would you help me to see the truth? But I pray for those who are, that they would go on, that they would make, reach the next levels as they grow up in Christ, and then take the cause of Jesus Christ with them. In Jesus' name, amen.